0: Pastor Chris's podcast. So, for 2,000 years, people have been trying to figure out who is Jesus. And they've been speculating about his nature and his identity all that time. But if we really want to know who, who is Jesus, then we, maybe, maybe we ought to just consider what did he say about himself? What did he say about his character? So, we've been doing that. Over the past several weeks, we have been studying the seven I am statements that Jesus made in the gospel of John, where he told us who he is and what his character is. So we've learned about how he said, I am the bread of life, meaning that he's the only thing that satisfies the deep longings in our soul. And he said, I am the light of the world because Jesus reveals the truth and he lights the lights, our path out of darkness into the light. And he said, I am the gate, meaning that he is the the only way into the protective presence of God. And today, I also want to remind you that each time he said these statements, he said, I am. Now, I am were the words that God used to describe who he is. Back Back in the book of Exodus in the Old Testament, when God called Moses to lead the Israelites out of slavery in Egypt, Moses was terrified. How is he going to go to Pharaoh and tell Pharaoh to let to let him do anything? Because Moses was nobody, and Pharaoh was the leader of the strongest country in the world. And so God told him, "Tell him, tell them, the I Am has sent you." See, that was the name God said. This is my name. It is my name that you shall use with Pharaoh and for all generations. I am who I am. And so the word i the, the the name or the the phrase i am is the common proper name of god so when jesus said i am he was making that connection that he is god just as it says in the gospel of john in the first chapter that he is the word and he was with god in the beginning and nothing was created that he wasn't there present with because he is god and so today i want to look at the fourth i am statement of Jesus from the Gospel of John chapter 10 verses 11 through 16. Let me read that for you. John 10, 11 through 16. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. A hired hand will run when he sees a wolf coming. He will abandon the sheep because they don't belong to him and he isn't their shepherd. And so the wolf attacks them and scatters the flock. The hired hand runs away because he's only working for the money, and he doesn't really care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and they know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father. So I sacrifice my life for the sheep. I have other sheep, too, that are not in this sheepfold, and I must bring them also. They will listen to my voice, and there will be one flock with one shepherd. This is the word of God for the people of God, Thanks be to God. Jesus was a brilliant communicator. He knew exactly how to get the people's attention. He knew how to get his message across in a way that people would understand and always remember. Shepherds and sheep were as common a sight in his time as cars and the internet are in our time. Now, I'm not a shepherd, but I did own some goats one time. Nigerian dwarf goats. These are dairy goats. And yes, I did milk them. For several years, I I would milk them uh, every morning and every evening. You have to milk goats every morning and every evening at the same time every day in order to keep their milk production up. If you skip any of those milkings, you will lose milk and it will eventually go away. So um, that posed some problems. I mean, it really wasn't hard. It only took 15, 20, maybe 30 minutes. Really wasn't hard. It was actually, for me, it was quite enjoyable. I enjoyed going out there and and using my hands and doing that. It was interesting, it was fun, and of course you got milk. So it was a cool thing to do. It's not hard work, but the problem is you have to do it every morning, and every night, and there is no break. It is something that has to do. Even if it's pouring down rain outside, if it's snowing, you have to do it. Even if you have a trip planned to go out of town, You have to do it, you can't stop. And it's really difficult in our day and age to get somebody to milk goats for you when you're not there to do it yourself. And you know, you ask your kids to do it and they're really so hot on it. You ask your wife to do it, she's not really that big on it either. And you know, you ask your pet sitter to do it. And actually our pet sitter said, hey, I used to do that when I was a kid, so that was cool. Uh, Karen was an awesome pet sitter. And talk about going above and beyond uh, she did that. Mike Wilson actually uh, came out uh, a couple of times and milked the goats for me. But um, so I appreciated that. Now that's, that's a true friend. If your friend will come and milk a goat for you, that's a true friend, especially if they don't know what they're doing. Uh, but um, one time, Kelly was actually out there and she was milking the goat for me. And uh, now Miranda and I, we had this bond, right? Because I did it every day and every night. And it sort of became a funny little joke between me and Kelly because, you know, it was like the other woman, Miranda, the other woman, the smelly goat. I'd go out there and milk her and then come in smelling like goat. And, um, but, uh, and I had to spend so much time with her. But um, anyway, so there was already this like, thing going on between Miranda and Kelly. And Kelly's out there, got her up in the milk stand and she's trying to milk her. And of course, Miranda is like, what are you doing? You're not the right person. Why are you doing this? And um, Kelly's out there trying to milk. So she calls me on the phone She's like, will you talk to Miranda. She is not doing what she's supposed to do. Now, Miranda knew me, and she knew my voice, and I had this little call that I would do with Miranda. It gets really hard to go, bah. you know, it gets really hard to do that all the time. So I just sort of changed it, and I would go, me, 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 like that, and she got used to that sound. And any time I would do that, she would call back to me. If I uh, if I was trying to get her to go somewhere, I would say, me, 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 and she would come following after me, right after me. So here is Kelly on the phone and I'm off miles and miles away and I over the cell phone say me 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 and here comes Miranda right back with that with a she knew exactly who it was even though it was over a cell phone uh, she knew my voice just had those and you know <clears throat> you get bonded to those goats because in order to get milk I don't know if you know this in order to get milk you have to have your animal Give birth to a baby and of course that's how mammals are just like people when you have a baby you produce milk so you don't just get milk unless you have them uh, breed and then produce offspring so along with milking came these lots of little baby goats and let me tell you baby goats are the cutest thing you've ever seen in the world now I love kittens and I love puppies and I'm a dog person myself but um, and those are cute but there is nothing like baby goat and I imagine a lamb is probably the same way they're so innocent and so playful and so fun to be with so you just get bonded with these animals as you spend so much time with them and that's what Jesus was saying to the people as he talked about being the good shepherd he's not a hired hand he knows his sheep he spends his life with them he's invested in them he's there with them in their happiest moments in their saddest moments in their births, and their marriage, and their baptisms, and everything that goes on in between. He's there with them, and He knows them, and He knows who they are. Now, there are some hired hands in our world. You can think about, there are people that tell us that they care about us, and people who act as if they care about us. And, um, you know, to some degree, they may even actually care about us. But there's limitations on the depth of their interest within us. You know, think about, like, the government. Right now, in all that we're going through, the government is doing everything that they can to try to help us to get through this mess that we find ourselves in. But you know, they are, in a sense, they are a hired hand. They care about us, but you know, they have their own families, they have their own interests, and and, and so they care about us and they, they care about society and they want everything to go and to get better, but we're not the top priority on their list, right? You understand what I'm saying? Um, What about other things that could be considered hired hands in your life? What about a romantic interest? Someone that, you know, you see this a lot of times, especially in, 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 in teenagers. You know, they fall head over heels. They've got a crush on someone. They love them. They're the most important person in their life, the deepest part of their heart, and then two weeks later, they are not, right? But it's not, I don't want to pick on the youth, It's not just you. This is something that goes throughout life. I mean, um, maybe you are out there and worshiping with us today, and you realize that you've had a romantic relationship. Sometimes those romantic relationships can get really deep, and they can go on for years. And you always thought maybe that you would get married, and that this would be the person you would spend the rest of your life with, and then sometimes it just doesn't work out for one reason or another. That person is no longer part of your life now. Um, you thought that they were the good shepherd, but you found out that they were just the hired hand. And you know, marriage is one way that we try, as people, to solidify those bonds. We stand, a a, a man and a woman stand before God, and they, in the sight of God and in the sight of the witnesses, they promise to love each other for the rest of their lives. And we even sign a, a marriage license to try to solidify that as best that we can. And that, and that, uh, that is the way we, we say to one another, you're going to be the most important person in my life. But sometimes even that doesn't work out, does it? Some of you have experienced a divorce where the person you thought you would spend the rest of your life with, but it turned out that they're not there now. And you can think of your own life. Maybe it's not the government. Maybe it's not a romantic relationship. Maybe it was your job, or your career. Or maybe it was your money your power. Maybe it was uh, your 401k and now the stock market has crashed and, and you find out that these things that you thought were going to be there for you, but they turned out to be a hired head that ran away when you needed them the most. But Jesus is the one. He says, I am the good shepherd. I will never, ever abandon you. I will never leave you or forsake you. He's the one that never will run away. And that's a good thing. Because you know there is a wolf that is out there. Just as he says, the wolf came and attacks and then scattered this flock. There is a wolf that prowls in this world that wants to come in and attack us. He is the enemy. He's the enemy of our soul. He is the enemy of everything good. And when he sees us following closer with Christ, he hates it. And he wants to do anything that he can. He's hungry to disrupt and destroy our lives. And he's vicious. And we are, in the story, we are sheep. Now understand that sheep are the most vulnerable animal that you can imagine. They don't have claws, they don't have fangs, they don't have anything to protect them. The only protection that they have really is to flock together. And that's just in hopes that maybe the wolf will eat one of them and not me, because there's so many of us. But even that doesn't work very good for sheep because sheep just aren't the brightest animals in the world. And so a lot of times when the wolf attacks, Rather than staying together, which is their best hope, a lot of times the sheep will scatter and run off in all different directions, making them completely alone, completely vulnerable. And we are defenseless against the wolf. And that's why it's so good to know that Jesus is the good shepherd. He will not abandon us. He will not run away when difficulties come. He will stay and he will fight off the wolf, which is the devil. Whenever the wolf attacks, Jesus is there to chase him away. Even if it means giving up his own life for our sake. And that is what we find that Jesus did in the Gospel. Jesus loves us so much that he gave his life for us. You see, because we all have sinned, we all have chased after our own selfish ambitions, we've tried to do things our own way, we turned our back on God, and because of that, the Bible tells us the consequence of that is sin, is death. In Romans chapter three, verse twenty three it says, For all have sin, and all have fallen short of God's glorious standard. And in Romans six twenty three it says, The consequences of sin is death. But the second part of that verse is so important because it says the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who is the good shepherd. Way back in Isaiah chapter 53, verse 6. 500 years, over 500 years before Jesus walked on the earth. This is what the prophet told us. It says, all of us, like sheep, have strayed away. We have left God's path to follow our own. Yet the Lord laid on Him the sins of us all. Who is the Him that the Lord laid it on? The Lord laid on Jesus the sins of us all. And so, Jesus gave his life for us. Nobody could take Jesus' life from him, but because he loved us so much, he willingly allowed himself to be arrested, he willingly allowed himself to be tortured, and hung on a cross, and he gave his life to pay the price for our sin. Jesus is the good shepherd. But the question is, are you one of the good shepherd's sheep? This is a really important question. See, everybody wants to be protected from the wolf. And everyone wants to know that when, the, when our time on this earth is over, we want to know that we're going to go to heaven. We want to know that we have a reward waiting. We want to know that we're going to go to the good place. And nobody wants to go to hell but if Jesus is not your good shepherd now, what makes you think he would be your good shepherd in the afterlife? This is a really important question. People say, well, no, no, no. Once I get to the end of my life, oh, then I'll, I'll follow God. But you know, what you do in this life, so much is what you're going to be doing in the afterlife. And if you didn't want to have anything to do with God, if you just wanted to do things your own way, And just concentrate on... If you didn't want to be with God and be with Jesus Christ, the Good Shepherd, in this life, you're not going to want that in the afterlife either. And that's really what hell is. Hell is eternal separation from God. It's where God finally says to you, if that's what you want, then I will allow you to have it. If you want to be separate from me, then I will allow you to be separate from me. And we'll have all eternity to either enjoy or suffer what we've decided we want. Are you Jesus' shepherd? I mean, are you Jesus' sheep? Here's what, the way Jesus said that you can know. Jesus' sheep know and follow his voice. Just as Miranda would follow me when I would say, me, 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 me. What about you? When Jesus comes calling your name, what do you do? Do you listen to His voice? Are you even trying? How do we do that? Are you praying regularly? Are you talking to God regularly? But not just talking to Him. Are you listening for His voice? How do you listen for His voice? Well, you can listen through prayer. You can listen through meditation. You can listen, most importantly, through the Scriptures. This is God's Word in this book. This is the words that God recorded, that He collected, that He preserved, and that He has set before us to hear His voice speaking to us? Do you open that book and go to listen to God's voice regularly? And what about the people through whom God speaks? You know, God has appointed many people in your life. And although it, it, just, it, just, it just really it scares me, And it humbles me. God called me to speak on his behalf. And that's why I'm a pastor. Maybe there's somebody, a pastor in your life. Do you listen as God is speaking to them? And I know I'm not perfect by any means. I I make mistakes and I don't always get it right, but I try. Are you listening? What about other people in your life? People that, that, that speak for God to you. Are you listening? And are you going to that second thing? Because Jesus said, His sheep know and follow His voice. Are you following the shepherd? How do you do that? You obey what He says. When Jesus is calling you to do something, you do it. And oftentimes what Jesus is calling to do is to serve other people. To love our neighbor as ourselves. Are you listening? Are you following the good shepherd. And there's a very interesting thing that Jesus says also in the 16th verse. He says, I have other sheep too that are not in this sheepfold and I must bring them also. They will listen to my voice and there will be one flock with one shepherd. And that reminds us that there there are other sheep wandering out there that are lost and are in danger. And Jesus gives us a mission. He says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. There are other sheep that are out there that are lost and are wandering. And God is calling us to reach out, to be his hands and feet, to bring them. What are you doing to bring? Jesus' other sheep, into the sheepfold. You know, in the, the world that we're living in right now, uh, is a very interesting time that we're living in. In a lot of ways, uh, we, we, we're we struggling because of our isolation. But in, But there's a lot of opportunities as well. Think about how easy it is for you to invite someone to come to church now. They don't have to even leave the comfort of their home. They can be sitting on the couch right now in their pajamas and be in church with us. They don't have to worry about going to an unknown unfamiliar place. Are you inviting people to come and to join you in worship so that you can so that they can also hear the voice of the shepherd. Are you being a witness to people? You know, in order to be a witness you don't have to go around with a Bible and preach and explain everything about what the Bible says, all you have to do to be a witness is to to share what you know. And if you know of ways that Jesus has really made a difference in your life, all you have to do is tell somebody about that. Are you doing that? Are you being a witness? So as we come to the close of the message, I want to give a twofold invitation. The first invitation is this. I want to invite you to become one of Jesus' sheep. If you have never made a decision to let Jesus Christ be your Lord, I want to invite you to do that today. All you have to do is close your eyes and pray to the God and say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins and come into my life. Take over, be in charge and lead me and I will follow you you pray that, if that's really the desire of your heart, then you can be one of Jesus' sheep. He will be your good shepherd, both now and forever. The second invitation I would give is I want to invite you to follow Jesus' command. To go into all the world and make disciples. There is no better time than this. And we've never been more equipped than this. To just Invite people to follow Jesus. So I invite you to do that.